Hey everybody, it is Randy Bolender on the third cup of coffee. Glad to be with you today. A little bit of a throwback episode. If you have been listening for a long time, you know that I used to offer some element of commentary and ongoing discussion on things that I just found interesting. That was the podcast. That was the whole darn thing. And over the past, I guess, 18 months, it has morphed into mostly being uh, mostly being just teaching from the bridge, a church that I pastor. And it's not really that the podcast is the church podcast. It's just that that's what I'm talking about, and that's where I'm talking about it, and so that's what it's been. However, every once in a while, I'll run across somebody that will say, I kind of liked the old way you used to do things. I kind of liked the the more issue-oriented things, and uh, would you ever do that again? Well, I like doing it. I actually love doing it. The problem is finding the right place and time to do it. As you can imagine, with seven kids at home, ten total, but three off the payroll, seven kids at home, it's really hard to find a place to do it. And I have been working for the past year and a half at the kitchen table, um, on the couch, uh, just various and sundry places. And we ran across a little desk the other day, and I said to Kelsey, I am putting that sucker right in the corner of our bedroom. It is not the best place to work, but it's better than what I've been dealing with for the past year and a half. Well, I found it to be kind of inspiring. I'm getting all kinds of things done, and here I find myself on a Thursday with a place to plug my computer in and plug my microphone in, and I saw something that caught my eye, and I thought, hmm, we should talk about that, which we'll do that in just a minute. We Just to give you an update on what we're up to, been very busy, uh, some of you know that sometime back, our friend Renee Laux, she and her husband, Derek, founded the Orphan Justice Center uh, years ago. I want to say maybe 10 or 11 years ago. And she came to us and said, would you consider taking this on? Derek has, has gone to be with the Lord uh, many years ago, and um, she had had her hands full. She said, well, what do you think about taking on OJC? So we stepped into that, and we said yes to that. And in saying yes to that, have kind of morphed it uh, in name to something called Every Child Home. And the purpose of Every Child Home will be to put forward the cause and the plight of children who are in foster care but have no hope of ever being reunited with mom and dad. There's just no way for them to ever go back for whatever reason. And these kids in Kansas and Missouri are available for adoption. The states are opening up the gates. You don't even need to live in Kansas for, for the Kansas children. You can live other places and adopt these kids out of Kansas foster care. So Every Child Home is working in pursuit of that, in pursuit of the idea that every child deserves a home, that every home that says yes to this deserves support, that every church that gets involved could be equipped. You can go to everychildhome.life and learn a little bit more about that, everychildhome.life. Of course, Zoe's house, been busy as always with the fall season, so that's been kind of fun. Kelsey's been into that, and the church. So, you know, between that and kids, we've got a few things going on. Nevertheless, I did run into something today, and I thought, I'd like to talk about that. Maybe a podcast would be a good place to do that. This is from CBS, okay? I ran across this on the CBS website, and uh, this is the, the headline. Restaurant denies Christian group service over its anti-abortion and LGBTQ stances, okay? So you understand, a restaurant has told a Christian group, because of their stance on abortion 
and their stance on certain LGBT issues that uh, they won't serve them. And, uh, you know, you might be thinking, Randy, what do you think about that? I might not think what you think I think, because here's the deal. I think they can do that. I think a restaurant can deny a Christian group service over anti-abortion and LGBTQ stances. I, th I think that's okay. I mean, I don't, I don't like it, especially if it's a good restaurant. I mean, if it's, you know, Taco Bell, big deal. But I mean, if, it's, if it's a good restaurant, I don't like it, but I think they can do that. Here's the story. The restaurant is in Richmond, Virginia, and they were going to host a private event for a conservative Christian organization. And with about an hour and a half before the event, they called them and said, no, we, we won't serve you because of your stance on life and LGBT. Uh, the restaurant is called Metzger's Bar and Butchery. Kind of yucky. Uh, Metzger's Bar and Butchery. And they call themselves an inclusive establishment. An inclusive establishment. Okay, now let me just say, you can't call yourself an inclusive establishment if you're going to do this. Because being inclusive of some groups, but not other groups, is actually being exclusive. Okay, that's what that's called. And I think you're allowed to be exclusive. I don't think if you have a private business that you have to violate your convictions. But if you decide to do that, you can't call yourself inclusive. Most of these people running around shouting about inclusivity don't mean it. They are talking about being inclusive of the people that they like, which we all do. Inclusivity is a lot bigger than that. So to call themselves an inclusive restaurant, but eh, we know the truth. They're exclusive. Okay, big whoop. They say, recently we refused a service to a group that had booked an event with us after the owners of Metzger found out it was a group of donors to a political organization that seeks to deprive women and LGBTQ plus persons of their basic human rights in Virginia. They go on to say that we have always refused service to anyone for making our staff uncomfortable or unsafe, and this was the driving force behind our decision. So apparently this conservative Christian group um, served to threaten their staff. I don't know. That's They felt unsafe, which is all you have to say to get people to stop doing anything you don't like anymore, is to call, call them unsafe. They call them unsafe, and they cancel the event. Uh, again, do I like it? No. But should they be able to do that? I think so, yeah. Because I also believe that a Christian baker who doesn't want to bake a cake for a gay couple that is getting married should be allowed to do that. And I believe that a Christian website designer that doesn't want to design websites for gay weddings should be allowed to say they don't want to do that. I think you shouldn't be forced to violate your truly held convictions. Now, if we say that, we've got to understand that some people will have convictions that are deeper and different than ours. And the only way to protect our own convictions is to protect theirs as well. Who on earth would want to go to this restaurant knowing that they feel that they're unsafe when you're there? Okay, now should I be able to go to any restaurant I should? Yeah, I could. But if I go there and the staff feels threatened, why do I want to go there? Unless I'm just going to prove a point. 
which could be. The president of the Christian group, called the Family Foundation, of course authored a blog post after the episode last week entitled, We've Been Cancelled Again. And they went on to write, Have you ever been denied a meal because of your beliefs? Last night, our tech team and supporters got the first-hand experience when Metzger's Bar and Butchery in Richmond, Virginia, refused to serve our pre-reserved event, leaving us scrambling moments before. That's Victoria Cobb, who is apparently the spokesman or director, I'm not quite sure. Whatever the case, just whatever the case, I think if you are forcing people to violate their convictions, you are demeaning their convictions, and our convictions matter as much as theirs. So, I say to you, Victoria Cobb of the Family Foundation, go somewhere else. Go to Chick-fil-A. That way, Christians who don't want to violate their convictions when it comes to things like websites and cakes won't have to do that either. Sounds fair to me. End of rant. also interesting to me in the news, and I don't really have a take on this other than, huh, have you noticed that we made a trade for, I want to get the names right here, Brittany Greener, 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 Brittany, I got that part right, Brittany Greiner and Victor Bout. They have been swapped of course, uh, Brittany Greener has been held in a Russian penal colony for possession of a single gram, I guess, a single gram of cannabis oil. She is a uh, basketball player in the Women's Basketball Association here in the United States. And somehow was there for an exhibition game and uh, had some weed oil in her bag and, and was arrested, sent to a like a work camp. It's crazy. All that to say, we traded her with Russia for Victor Bout, who is accused of being one of the most prolific arms dealers of decades. Like, we traded a low-level weed offense for somebody who is trading internationally in arms. Like, this sounds like an unusual swap. I don't know. It wasn't really up to me. They didn't ask me what am I, any of my business. But congratulations to her and her family. I'm sure she's excited to be getting back to the United States. Some question about whether or not she'll sing the national anthem. She never has before. But she might now. Who knows? Welcome home, Brittany. Glad to have you. Uh, also, final announcements uh, coming up on Christmas Eve. The Bridge is going to do a Christmas Eve service. Imagine that. 4.30 p.m., we meet at the Culture House in Olathe, which is at about 119th and I-35. You'll have to Google it, look at the website, thebridgekc.church. Find out where we're at, 4.30 p.m., Christmas Eve. Short little one-hour service, going to be very sweet songs, um, some beautiful dancers. It's going to be very, uh, very nice. We encourage you to come join us for that. This weekend, I am continuing in my Christmas series, and I'm talking about the amount of want and longing that there is in the Christmas season. Now, of course, Christmas is about fulfillment, but there's a whole lot of desire that plays into that before fulfillment 
comes. Elizabeth, Zechariah, they craved and longed for a son. And it wasn't just that they lacked children, they wanted one. Some of us have made peace with lack in our lives. We've just settled for lack. We have decided there will never be enough or what we want. There'll never be enough finances. There'll never be enough energy. There will never be enough grace for us to live in freedom. There'll never be a place where we feel safe. And that's just an area of lack that we have come to peace with. Lack is what we do not have. Longing is what we want. There can be a huge difference in those two things. And I want to declare war on lack through the warfare of longing. So don't settle for lack and call it longing. Longing involves hope, and Christmas is a picture of both longing and hope fulfilled. So this weekend, we're going to talk about not what are we lacking, but what are we longing for? Because what we long for are the things that the Lord manifests in our lives, especially when, like Elizabeth and Zechariah, the things that we are longing for are the very things that he wants. So join us this weekend at the bridge, 10.30 a.m. If you can't make it, join us on Christmas Eve, 4.30. We would love to hang out, get to know you, worship with you, and celebrate Christmas and the things that we long for.